So with that said, let's dive in today. Uh, we are talking, um, I actually had a, a different message coming into this week, and uh, I felt like the Holy Spirit just sort of called an audible and uh, kind of changed some direction. And uh, as I finished my study yesterday, I kind of realized why. And I want to talk today from the topic of hearing from God and how to hear God's voice. And here's why I think it's so pertinent on our birthday Sunday. Because we started Catalyst Church uh, because in 2017, through prayer, God spoke to Christine and I separately that we were to start a church for the Washington, D.C. area in Bethesda. This church is the byproduct of a word from God. It's not because of the brilliant strategy of man or woman. It's because of the voice of God and a group of people who followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I know as a pastor, there are many things I could teach you. But perhaps one of the most important things I could ever teach you is how to hear the voice of God. Because more important than any other, thing, any other voice you'll ever hear in your life is knowing the voice of God and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Paul says we walk by the Spirit and not by sight. We are led by the voice of God. So I want to talk today about this whole idea of how to hear God's voice. And maybe for some of you it feels like very kind of, you know, ambiguous. My hope is to bring clarity today uh, as we open the scriptures. But first, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And we know today as we open the scriptures, um, God, that you're going to speak a word to us, God. Become expectant to hear from you in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. John 10, 27, these are the words of Jesus. He said this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. And John 10, he gives this uh, analogy of a sheep and shepherd, and it was relevant in that culture because in that village he was speaking in, they would have had several sheep uh, in that village. So they would have had three or four sheep with a shepherd they would hire. So by him using this, this metaphor, everyone would have understood, like, okay, yes, I understand sheep and shepherd, that sheep know their shepherd's voice. They're not going to follow the voice of a, of a false shepherd, of a hired hand. They know the voice of a shepherd. And a shepherd leads them into the pasture. A shepherd leads them into, into goodness. And the same way in John 10, 10, Jesus says, I came to give you life and life more to the full. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you life. That He wants to lead us into that life he's promised for us. But he talks about this whole idea of my sheep listen to my voice, which implies he is speaking. In fact, I love what Peter Gregg said. He wrote a great book on how to hear from God. He says, listening to hear God's voice is the single most important thing you will ever do. And uh, I think it's important for us to learn how to hear God's voice. Here's sort of a thesis statement. I'll give it to you up front of today's message. You can write this down. Um, is that God is speaking. But here's the question. Are we listening? Are we listening? My hope today is to give us some insight on how we can listen to his voice. Let me first share with you why God speaks. Now, these are just out of the scriptures. Uh, there could be other reasons he speaks. These are three clear ones in the Bible. Here's the first one. is He speaks for affirmation. To affirm his love for you. Matthew 3.17, a voice from heaven said to Jesus, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. May I say this, the word of the Lord over you today is that he loves you. Can I get an amen? He, he, he's, he's not, 
Like he, he loves you, church. The Bible says when you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. Like he loves you. He loves you. Secondly is direction. Isaiah 30, 21. Whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. You know, God wants to give you direction for those decisions you have to make at work this week. God wants to give you direction for that relationship that you're trying to figure out. What is this relationship in my life? He wants to give you direction for how to, how to parent those children. He gives direction. And then lastly, and I think most importantly, is connection. Exodus 33, 11, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. The primary reason God speaks to us is to cultivate a relationship with us. I want you to hear this. God, guess how much God wants to talk with you? This is how much God wants to have a relationship with you. He so much so wants to have a relationship with you that, that because of our sin separated us from God, he said, this is not going to work out because I want a relationship with you. So he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for you, for me, for all of humanity. And Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection it's not just so you would have a one-way ticket to heaven. Like, he, he died on the cross, yes, so we have eternity with him in heaven. But he also died on a cross so we could have a relationship with God on earth. Like, that's how much God wants a relationship with you. That he wants to talk with you and walk with you and have a relationship with you. So here's point one, if you're taking notes, is that God is speaking. John 16, 13 says, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what's to come. That word for spirit is the word parakletos. It means the one who walks alongside. Uh, it's the word for counselor, that the parakletos, this is why Jesus said, it's better that I go so the parakletos will come and walk alongside you. So the parakletos can counsel you, can speak to you. That out of the, the Trinity, the Godhead, right, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God speaks through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit speaks what the Father is saying to us. That God is, is speaking to us. Now listen, he guides us in all truth. This is not just saying the parakletos reminds us of the written word of God, although he does. But he guides you into all truth. Now, let me get practical on this. That he not only reminds us of the word of God, but he also leads you into the will of God. So let's say, for example, right now, let's say you are a woman here in this room, and you are dating a man named Mark. If you are dating a man named Mark, this is the word of the Lord for you. <sighs> you cannot open up to Ephesians 2 and read from the Apostle Paul, dump him, right? No, you can't read that, right? Or he's the one. Right? Like, or or let's, let's say, for example, you were, you're trying to make a, should I take this job or not? You can't open up to the book of Thessalonians. And God says, you know, writes down, yes, take the job. Right? That's where the parakletos comes in. Right? Where the parakletos says you're praying about it and God says, yeah, no, Mark is not the one. Do dump him. Come on, that's the word of the Lord for somebody in this room right now. Mark, if you're watching online, I'm sorry. We love you. God loves you. But you're not the one player. Are you following me, church? The Paracletos wants to give you guidance into the will of God so you can walk. And maybe you're thinking, well, Jeremy, how does God speak? Is he God? Is he like up in heaven and he speaks like, Jeremy, 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 Jeremy. I am your father. You know, 
right? Does he show up in a burning bush like he did to Moses? Like you're waiting at home. Come on, nothing's on fire. Where's the Lord, you know? But most often, and he can do that, he can. I personally have never heard the audible voice of God, although I believe you, some people have. But 1 Kings 19, 12, God's speaking to Elijah. And Elijah first thinks God's in the earthquake, that God's in the thunder, that God's in the fire. Come on, little earth, wind, and fire. Come on, somebody. Some of you are grown enough in the room to know that. And, and, and what it says in the Bible is, but then came a gentle whisper. Another translation is a still, small voice. Uh, the actual Greek, or sorry, actual Hebrew of that is like a thin, almost silent voice. Listen, I don't know your perception of God, but God is not some dictator in heaven yelling at you. He is a loving father whispering to you because he loves you. You know, someone who you're close with and love, you don't yell at them. And if they are yelling at you, defriend them right now. Come on, somebody. Go ahead and dump Mark. Okay, Mark, you've you done enough. I've heard the Lord. <laughs> I don't know where I am now. Uh, but, but it's in, the, in a whisper and a still small voice. Here's how I've often, it comes across in like an impression, a strong reoccurring thought. Like that's oftentimes how God speaks. It's a, it's a leading that you sense in your spirit. So with that said, how does God speak? Now, let me give a caveat. You are a fallible person. I mean, we're imperfect, right? We're a fallible people trying to hear from a perfect God. So there may be times that we miss it. And, and just, just, just settle that in your heart. Like, I'm going to try my best, but I might miss it sometimes. And that's okay. Like, but, but have a posture to, to want to hear from, from God. And, and there's actually 12 that I know of, and this is probably conservative, 12 documented biblical ways that God has spoken. That he speaks through circumstances. He speaks through open and closed doors. He speaks through dreams and visions. Now, because I don't want to keep you here for two hours, we're just going to share three of them. Come on, somebody. But there's three ways that I, we see scripturally are primary ways. I have received personally as a primary ways that God speak. And I think if you focus on these three, if you're hungry for more, there's a great book called Frequency by Pastor Robert Morris. He kind of dives deeper into those 12, uh, area, 12 different ways that God speaks. But let me give you three. And here's the first one, and this might come as a shock to some of you. The Bible. The Bible. I know, I know. Controversial, controversial, I know. Uh, we always start, listen, with the Holy Scriptures. Uh, we always start there. That, that's the primary mechanism which God speaks to us. Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, that word, word, in the Greek is the word rhema. It's, and there's two different words for word in the Scriptures. There's rhema and there's logos. Logos refers to the written word of God. Rhema refers to the revealed word of God. So what that means sort of theologically that as you're reading the Bible, when you're reading the Bible, the Holy Spirit may speak a rhema to you. Here's what it looks like practically. Have you ever had a moment where you're reading the scriptures and then all of a sudden you're reading a whole chapter, but a word or a statement like jumps out at you? Like all of a sudden, like you read a whole, you read like probably, you know, 500 words, but Seven of those 500 just stand out for you. That's the Holy Spirit saying, this is the word for you today. That's what that is. I remember some years ago, I was, um, I was studying for a message at my house, and Christina was on her way home. 
she had some meetings, and um, she called me. And the way we were back then, we were we were kind of like going back and forth between cooking dinner and bathing kids. We would split off our kind of you know household responsibilities. So that night she was she was supposed to bathe the kids, and I was going to cook dinner. So she calls me on the way home from from this meeting, and she says she says Jeremy, I'm going to be slightly uh, behind schedule. Could you go ahead and bathe the kids? I said, Well, Christina, I'm I'm trying to get a I'm trying to get a message from heaven for the church. I've been in the Word of God. I, I cannot I cannot come down from this mountain. I cannot I cannot be distracted from such trivial things as bathing children. I am doing a holy work. This isn't a, this isn't a marriage message, fellas. I got it wrong, way wrong. Okay. Um, sometimes the holiest thing you can do is bathe those children. And all the wives said, "Amen." Go, you can nudge your husband. Yeah, you, know, you hear that? That's the word of the Lord for you. And cook. You know, so so I, I go back to the Bible. So I open up the Bible, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying for the message. And I have this strong impression. Like, I, it won't leave me. Here's what it was. Jeremy, bathe the children, cook dinner, and do the dishes. I said, you get behind me right now, Satan. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. I'm trying to read the word of God. Get away. I knew it was God because there ain't no way my flesh. I'm like, yeah, let's bathe children, right? But, but I knew it was the Lord. And as when Christina walked in the door and those children were clean. And come on, parents, you know when your kids are clean because it smells different, right? Come on, like that, that odor, right? When the guy, we got three kids and a seven-year-old boy. That's some, some odors, right? And when it's clean, it, it, the, the children were clean. The dinner was on the table. And I was at the sink doing dishes. Come on. And uh, how many of you know I had a happy wife? And happy wife, happy life. Fellas, write that down. I've got happy wife. It's a word for you right there. But, but that's how God can speak. He can speak through a message like this, the preached word of God, the preached logos. He can give you a rhema. That's why I tell you to bring your uh, notepad or, or, or keep notes on your phone. Because God may speak a word to you during the message. Have you ever had a moment where, where a pastor was preaching and you thought to yourself, man, he's speaking right to me. Or she's speaking right to me. Or you think to yourself, did, did he read my, my text messages this week? Was he up in my DMs? I wasn't in your DMs. But the Holy Spirit was. Come on, somebody. So he knows what's in your DMs. He knows the conversation you had in the kitchen with your spouse. So he might be bringing that up in this message because he knows. I don't know. In fact, so many times I had someone come up to me and said, man, pastor, when you said this, oh, man, it spoke to me. And I didn't say it. I'm like, no, what you heard was the Spirit of God giving you a rhema during that time. That's how God will speak to you. He speaks through his word. Secondly is he speaks through prayer. Prayer. Psalm 119, uh, David writes this. Arise before dawn and cry for help. I have put my hope in your word. Now let me say this. Prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. It's a two-way conversation. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and they, they, they talk so much you couldn't get a word in? Come on, somebody. Can we be honest for a moment? Maybe I'll just be honest. I can be that way with God sometimes. I'm like, God, do it, do it, do it, go, go. Yes, this, 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 this. All right. I got a meeting. On the email. And God's like, what? 
Okay. Can I tell you, prayer is not just an opportunity for us to give God our list of things we want from him. It's to posture ourselves to hear the voice of heaven. And, and prayer is not just about talking, it's about listening. I love what Soren Kierkegaard said, a philosopher turned theologian. A man prayed, and at first he thought that prayer was asking. But he became more and more quiet until he, in the end he realized that prayer is listening. I'll just say what I do. I'm not saying this is for you, but I'm just saying how I, I structure this. So for me, um, I, I keep a journal, and I, I write down what God is speaking to me through his word. I recommend it, you know, just, I'm, I'm a former psychologist, I know, like, neurochemistry. Neurochemically, you have a much higher likelihood of remembering something if you write it down. And I don't know about you, but I want to remember the voice of God. I don't want it to come into my ear and be out. I'm like, what did he say? I forget. I write it down. So, just take it or leave it, but write it down. Take notes. Um, and so I, 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 I write down what God speaks to me through, through, the, through the word, but then I also journal my prayers. I, I've said this before, but I, I write a letter to God, uh, kind of letting him know what's on my heart. And then I kind of stop, and I pause. I did this morning, and I listen. Like what Samuel said, like, speak, Lord. Your servants listen. Like, what do you want to say to me? And sometimes I specifically will ask him. Actually, yesterday this happened. I asked him about a specific decision I was trying to make. And he spoke to me about it. And this morning, he just kind of, I was writing down what I felt like the Lord was speaking to me. And what I do in those moments is like those thoughts that are coming across my mind, those impressions I'm getting during that time, I presume they're the Lord talking to me. And I'll give you a litmus test to discern whether it's the Lord or cold pizza, all right? But, but what, what, I, I presume it's God is speaking because I postured myself to hear from him. So I want to encourage you, have that posture. When you're praying like, God, speak, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. God, what do you want to say to me? That prayer is not merely talking to God, but it's also listening for his voice. And then lastly is people. So Bible, prayer, people. Peter writes this uh, in 2 Peter about, yeah, 2, 1, 121. For prophecy never had its origin in human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, there were prophets who spoke on behalf of God because they did not have the word of God. But in the New Testament, there's the gift of prophecy. So there's a spiritual gift of prophecy. Some of you actually have it. Some of you, like, know that. You're familiar with prophecy. Some of you maybe have never put words to it. But prophecy simply means this, is a message from God. Now, some of you grew up in environments where there was lots of prophecy. So when you hear prophecy, you think of something weird. Can I help you out? God is not weird. People are. Write that down. Right? We're weird. God ain't weird. We're weird, right? So, like, if you, if you feel like you got a message from the Lord, don't be that person. It's like, oh, man. You don't. You don't need that, right? You don't got to say, thus says the Lord. No. You're an imperfect person. You might be getting this wrong right now, brother. Is that okay? Don't be weird. You're getting in the way of God. Just be normal. I, I, I'll feel a word for people oftentimes, but I never say, thus says the Lord. I never, I'm never like... You know, 
not like the Matrix or something. Like I'm not, I don't have any power in my hand. Like I, I'm, I'm a human vessel. But, but listen, now, now let me say this on the other side. Do not dismiss a message because of its source. Sometimes because I was judgmental of the source, I missed the message. And listen, God loves to use foolish things. See, we think, oh, God, you're going to use the eloquent, the well-educated, you know, you're, no, no, no. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to go ahead and speak to this donkey right now, okay? Because <laughs> I'm God, and my ways are higher than your ways. And occasionally I'll remind you of that. Because in the ways of the kingdom, the humble are exalted. And sometimes you actually miss a word from the kingdom because you're not humble enough to receive it. So, humble yourself. Here's how you might know it's a word from the Lord. Somebody might say something to you and you're like, how did you know that? They don't know that. But he does. Sometimes people don't even know they're speaking a prophecy. I remember years ago, I was a greeter at the at my a church that after I came back to Christ and I was greeting at the front door. I was uh, a true, true honesty confession. I was greeting at the front door because Christina was a greeter. Come on, holla at your boy. You got to work that game, somebody, okay? Some of you need this. You need some more game in your life. Just a little work that game. All right, she had the front door greeting. Maybe you should be on the greeting team. God will sanctify your purpose. He did mine. But I was like, hey, girl, I'm a greeter. Yeah, I love greeting. What's she doing later, girl? Uh, got distracted now. So, oh, yeah, so, so this man walks in one Sunday. And uh, I had never seen this man before. I actually never saw him again. And he stops, and a very gentle man, he just kind of gently put his hand on my arm. And he says, one day you're going to pastor your own church. This was 11 years ago. Like your boy was fresh back to Christ. And I, uh, no one knew, no one knew I was pondering in my heart the idea of one day pastoring in a church. Nobody knew. I didn't know this brother, but God spoke through him to me. And it affirmed, it deposited something. Let me just say this. Listen, too. God's messages, he, he gives us words of life. So if you're feeling like a, a scold, that's probably not the Lord, Right? Uh, and, and be very careful if you feel like God's bringing a word of correction for somebody. I, I think, man, let God be God. You be, you be you, okay? Like, the purpose of prophecy is encouragement. It's to build up. Like, and if you feel like God's given you a word for somebody, like, man, man deliver it humbly. And, and receive it humbly because, man, that gentleman, I don't know his name, never saw him again. But something was deposited in my spirit that day. He affirms something on the inside of me. So you never know what God may do through, through people. To the Bible, prayer, people. Moving on, point two. Point two. So you, God's speaking. So then secondly, is you got to listen for God's voice. You got to listen for God's voice. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. That word listen literally means to, to comprehend, to, to fully receive the voice of God. In Luke 8, Jesus gave a parable of the called the parable of the soils. He talks about how the seeds, the word of God, and how the the seed of the word of God produces different fruit or a different result depending on the soil it falls into. And that 
the outcome in our life is not contingent upon the seed because the seed doesn't change. The outcome is the soil, and the soil is our heart. And he actually gives four different types of soil. I'm going to go through this briefly. He says in verse 12, Those who are along the path are the ones who hear the word, but then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. Can I tell you, a, 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 a person who is actively trying to interfere with you hearing the voice of God is the devil himself. He is called in the Bible the father of lies. What a name, right? Like you're not only a liar, you're the father of all liars. He is a deceiver. The Bible says he prowls around seeking whom he can devour. And here's how the enemy devours us. Here's how he attacks us. He doesn't show up tomorrow in your bedroom with a pitchfork and dressed in red. No, it's just cartoons. He, he, he attacks us in between our ears, our mind. And it's subtle because he doesn't want you to know he's doing it. So he will, he will he'll, he'll, he'll speak a thought. He'll, he'll plant a thought in your mind that, have you ever had this happen? Here's why, you know how it's happened. Have you ever had a thought before come into your mind? And then you think to yourself, where did this thought come from? This isn't me, right? And it's like, you know, you ever had this, all of a sudden maybe you have like, you wake up one morning and you're like extra tired and you're like, or maybe you have like a little cough and then you have this thought, I'm dying, right? It's like, no, you're dehydrated. You need some electrolyte. Get a little Gatorade in you, right? Um, take a little, take a little Dayquil, Right? Or, or all of a sudden you're like in a church service like this or you're reading the Bible and you have this thought, what if this is all a hoax? Or, or you're at home with your spouse whom you love. You have a healthy marriage and you have this thought, maybe I married the wrong person. Right? Or just you have like a random wicked thought or immoral thought. You're like, where, where did that come from? Here's what he wants you to do. He wants you to believe it's you, not him. Maybe I did marry the wrong person. Oh, my gosh. Or may, maybe I am dying. I need to go out and go these tests. You know, you're looking at Mayo Clinic, like, freaking out. Oh, my gosh, I'm dying. Because he wants you. Listen, here's how you know it might be a lie from the enemy. A lie from the enemy always produces fear. Well, what, what if? Oh, my gosh. He wants you to be fearful. It's fear is faith in the opposite direction. You just have faith for the worst. He wants you to have fear for de- faith for death. He wants you to have faith that your marriage is going to fail. He wants you to have faith this whole thing is a fraud and Jesus isn't real. Are you following me, church? By the way, Jesus is real. He did live a sinless life. He did die on a cross broken and bloody for you. So your sins could be forgiven and you could have eternal life and a fresh start here on earth. That, that, so... so Here's how, you, here's how you repel the lies of the enemy. Write this down. With the truth of the word of God. Paul says you have the power to demolish strongholds. Stronghold is a deception, like you're deep in deception, right? Like you're, you're like, I, I, you're just, just deceived, right? I, I, whatever it is. So it has the power to, to demolish it. Here's what it looks like. Maybe you have this, you're sitting maybe at home and maybe you have this thought to yourself that, Man, I'm just not good enough. I'm just not worthy enough. We see the Bible blows that up because it reminds you that even when you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. That you are a beloved child of God. That nothing can separate you from his love. 
Or when you feel like God is far from you. And the Bible reminds you, you know, when you draw near to God, he draws near to you. That he will never leave you nor forsake you. That when you think to yourself, man, this struggle that I have, this addiction, this sin pattern in my life, it will always be with me. My granddad had it. My dad had it. No, because the Bible says who the sun sets free is free indeed. It does not matter what has been a struggle in your family. God himself can set you free. Are you following me, church? So when those thoughts come in, you're like, you are a liar. Get behind me, Satan. So then, then what happens in verse 13? He says, then there are some on the rocky ground. They're the ones who receive the word with joy, shouting down the pasture. That's a great word. But they said, have no root. Believe for a while, but a time of testing, they will fall away. Here's what are saying. They have no foundation. And here's how we build a foundation, is that we build a foundation through consistency. Uh, consistency is far more important than intensity. Like, you don't have to go home tomorrow and read through the, through the Old Testament, right? Uh, think about it in the gym, right? Even on your best effort, if you went tomorrow, you lifted weights for like 18 hours at the gym, you ate 1,000 grams of protein, you couldn't put on 10 pounds of muscle in one day. Or you couldn't lose 30 pounds in one day if you were on the elliptical from sunup to sundown, didn't eat anything. But how many of you go to the gym five days a week, three days a week, every week, all year, get your nutrition right? You can put on 20 pounds of muscle. You could lose 40 pounds. Are you following me? Consistency trumps intensity every time. God's not looking for your intensity. He's not looking for you to say like, oh, I got everything right now. <laughs> you know, quitting my job. Just pray. That's what God says, do it. But maybe just try every morning reading the Bible. Every morning, a moment in prayer, 15 minutes. Consistency compounds over time. The more, like, what happens is when you are consistently read your Bible and pray every day, you consistently come to church and sit under the teaching of the Word of God. You consistently show up to your community group. You don't just get excited and sign up for seven groups, but show up to none of them. You know who I'm talking to. We love you. Maybe you try to sign up for two. Show up to two. Uh, some group leader felt that right there. Said, yes, Lord. But, but what I'm saying is this, is that, is that, is that just, just, just being consistent. Let me say this. The more time you spend around the people of God and in the house of God and in the word of God and in the presence of God, the more familiar you'll become with the voice of God. I remember we had our first child, um, Hannah. You know, we're all excited and, uh, you know, your first child, you do everything the doctor says. And you're, you know, when you have your third child, you're like, okay, whatever. It's going to all work out. <sighs> Any other parent with that? You got three children? You're like, okay, whatever. I know it's going to all work out. If they eat that penny, they'll be okay. All right. Probably shouldn't say that publicly. But I'll move on. Um, I'm very careful with my children. I, uh, but our first child, and, and the doctor's like, hey, hey, Dad, why don't you talk to, talk to your daughter in the womb? And over the course of time, she'll become familiar with your voice. So at first it felt weird. You know, you're like talking to your wife's stomach, all right? And uh, I'm like, Hannah, be a Baltimore Ravens fan. Never cheer for the Pittsburgh Steelers or Dallas Cowboys. Train up a child in the way they should go. When they will all, they will not depart from it, right? All three of my children love the Ravens. They have no idea why. Daddy does. 
They'd love to wear the Lamar Jackson jersey. They got no idea even really who he is. They say by 32 weeks gestation, third trimester, if you consistently speak to your child in the womb, dads, that your child is going to recognize your voice before they're even born. Hey, church, if you consistently posture yourself to hear from heaven, consistently read the word, consistently pray, consistently sit under the teaching of the word of God, consistently worship in the presence of God, you'll know your father's voice. Over the course of my years of following God, I have been able to discern the voice of God with more clarity than ever before. It's not because of my intensity. It's because of consistency. Just get up in the morning, do the same thing. I read my Bible and pray. Every Sunday, I'm in here. I want to hear from heaven. And then verse 14, Jesus said, Then there's seed that fell among thorns. The saints for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. In other words, Jesus said they get distracted. They get pulled away by worries. You know, it's difficult to hear God's voice in the present while worrying about the future. The Bible says what you do with that worry, because I worry. We all worry about different things. As you cast your anxieties upon the Lord, the Bible says. So when you're worrying, just go ahead and say, God, I give you this, what I'm worried about. Pray about it. And so, so kind of those worries that we all have in life, right? And then riches simply means material things, like natural things, right? And here, here's maybe for some of you, and I'll, I'll speak transparently. I had a day this week where I thought this was true. Sometimes the reason we're not hearing the voice of God is because we're too busy. Like our schedules is too packed. Like I had a day like that this week. And, and I'm not saying you need to carve out three hours a day. Um, Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, he said, go into the secret place and shut the door. You need to have a, have a moment. Here's my encouragement. And please, if you haven't had this, there's no condemnation. But have a moment every day, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, where you, 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 you shut the door. Like you shut out other distractions. I'm not reading email. I'm not scrolling Instagram. I'm not watching the news. I'm trying to hear from heaven. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to pray. Hear from God. And in some of you, your busyness is not in your schedule. It's in your thoughts. Let me give a real practical tip. I love to be practical. Write this down. That's, that's you. I keep, right now, I used to do a paper journal. Um, I, I do a paper journal for my, my prayers. But then I have my phone. And if something pops into my mind, like, oh, I got to email that person. Oh, I got to do this for the kids. Oh, they got practice. I, I write it down. I get it out of my mind. Then I, I free focus back on and don't feel condemnation. Sometimes I have like 37 different thoughts happening in the course of 30 minutes. But I write it down. I get it out of my head so I can, I can focus again on God. And, and then, you know, he says the, the pleasures of life, the, the comforts of life. Let me just say this. Sometimes the reason we have a hard time discerning or listening to the voice of God is because we have too many competing voices. Can I submit this to you? And I say this humbly and lovingly and respectfully. But sometimes if we're not careful, and, and I think in our, I'll speak a cultural commentary here, in America, there are some Christians that have confused the voice of the Lamb of God with the voice of the donkey or the elephant. Some of you got that. That, can I just say this? The donkey does not speak on behalf of the Lamb of God. The elephant neither does speak on behalf of the Lamb of God. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're like, Jeremy, what is donkeys and elephants? Democrats and Republicans. 
I know some of you are like, okay, move on, Pastor. But no political party has the corner on Jesus. Can I get an amen? Have your political persuasion. Vote. Be active. But most importantly, exalt, worship, glorify the King of kings, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And I, I, think, I think in our very partisan world, I think sometimes some people get it twisted and they think that the lamb sounds a lot like the elephant or a lot like the donkey. But sometimes they have to silence some other voices. Maybe watch a little less news. Maybe scroll a little less social media. Sometimes you got to push away from some other voices. Because what can happen, in fact, there can be different voices happening in our life. Like right now, some of you may not realize this, but there's a white noise that's kind of being played underneath my voice. And what happens is the more voices you get in your life, the more, more other voices and competing voices you're trying to listen to, as they get louder... As this white noise gets louder, it becomes harder to hear the voice of God because you have so much white noise, so many other competing voices that are happening in your life. And you can't fully focus on what God is saying because of so much else that is happening. All right. I just shared. I thought the Lord gave me the winning lotto numbers. That was for someone in this room. I just shared it. It just left me. I don't, I don't remember. I blacked out. It's for somebody. I'm sorry. That, but you were distracted. Are you hearing me, church? What voices do you need to kind of maybe silence a little bit? I'm not saying you got to shut them out your life. I'm not saying you got to be a hermit. But, but sometimes we allow some other voices to have too much influence. We wonder why we can't discern the voice of God, but maybe we are not in the house of God consistently or reading the word of God regularly, but we're listening to talk radio or our favorite podcast. I don't say it in condemnation. I'm just submitting to you. My heart is for you to hear the voice of God because can I tell you, there is nothing wrong with other voices, but there is only one voice that has the words of life. There is only one that, has, that knows the end from the beginning. So before any other book I read, before any other podcast I listen to, I want to hear from heaven because he knows far more. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Then verse 15, he says, The seed on good soil stands for the noble and good heart. who they hear the word, they return, retain it and produce a crop. So as you do those things, you remove the distractions. You're consistently, you build a foundation. You have the truth that repels the lies of the enemy. You can receive the word. Here's the last point. You write this down. So we, we, God is speaking. We listen for God's voice, and then we follow God's voice. So my sheep listen to my voice, but they follow me, and they follow me. You know, a sheep would end up dying if they only heard the shepherd but never followed the shepherd. Because the sheep got no idea where the green pasture is. They're like, how did I get here? I know he said it go that way, but I just thought he was giving me a good word. If we're not careful, we can, we can functionally approach Jesus just as a good teacher. And we can read the Bible or hear a message on Sunday and say, that's a good word, Jesus. You better preach. 
All right, that's a good word. Okay. Jesus is not merely a good teacher. He is Lord. If he is Lord, it means that's a good word. Now help it be true in my life. Help me to live this out. That's what it means. We are a sheep. We are followers of Jesus. I'm not just a hearer of Jesus. He's not a good preacher in my life. He's the Lord of my life. It means I follow him. Maybe some of you are still thinking, well, Jeremy, well, how do I know that I know that I know it was God and not cold pizza? That it was God and not just what I wanted. Let me give you a few questions to ask yourself. First uh, Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Three questions. Write these down. If you're wondering, did I hear from God? Like, Lord, am I really supposed to break up with Mark? <laughs> I know, poor Mark. If you're Mark, we, we love you, but it's over, bro. Number one, it's a great word. It's a great name, though. It's in the Bible. It's a great name. Um, number one is, is, does it align with God's word and God's character? So if you were to say, Pastor, while you're preaching today, I really felt the Holy Spirit tell me I am supposed to rob three of my neighbors at gunpoint this afternoon. I'll say I'm pretty positive you did not hear from the Holy Spirit because that contradicts his word, right? Number two is do I have peace? God can give you a supernatural peace in the midst of natural stress. Paul wrote this, I've been beaten, I've been left for dead, I've been persecuted, I've been rejected. He says, outwardly I'm wasting away, but inwardly I'm being renewed daily. In other words, Paul says, I am having the worst season of my life. Oh, but I got a peace. That's beyond comprehension. I remember back when I was first dating Christina. And I won her over greeting at the front door. And uh, I, had, I, had a, I had some previous hurt, of a, a hurt from a previous relationship. So I... I was having still some trust issues. But what helped me to keep moving forward in the relationship is I had this just peace. Like, like I'm supposed to be in a relationship with this woman. And sometimes that peace is an anchor for you. Because you may make a decision that you feel like, I don't know if this is the best, God. I feel like you're telling me to stay in this job, but I want to leave. But you have a peace to stay there. Then the third part, this is really important is do godly counsel agree? Oh, it's so important. So important, church. Especially if you are making a life-altering decision, someone to get engaged to or married or a move or a new job. Um, you need godly counsel. The Bible says there's an abundance of safety in a multitude of counselors. Again, when I was dating Christina, I wanted people to check myself. Here's what godly counsel does. Godly counsel saves you from yourself. Because you ain't perfect. You can get caught up in your feelings. Come on, somebody. I was a little in my feelings with Christina. I was like, she's fine, Lord. I hope, she, I hope she's it. I hope, God, I hope she's it. But I, I, I talked to two men in my life, my community group leader. Get in a community group. Get a leader in your life. And one of my pastors. And I said, you know me. You know her. You know us. What do you feel? Is this the Lord? And they both told me, we feel like it is the Lord. You're, 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 you're on it, Jeremy. And that counsel gave me the confidence. And we need counsel. And I found in my, my years of pastoring, sometimes relationships can be the area that we sometimes don't, don't see counsel. Can I be honest? Is that okay if I'm honest with you? 
It's because we have made up in our mind what we want and we don't want to be told otherwise. Like someone needs to tell you, like you're like, man, I want to get married to that man who DM'd me yesterday on Instagram. You need someone to tell you, no, you should not. Slow your roll. Slow your roll. Pull the brake. Lean back. Sorry, I started thinking about another song. Focus. It's a birthday, you know, it's a party. Come on, somebody. Gotta get it in. You need godly counsel. And, and then, and I, and I close this scripture, Acts 20. Um, so you confirm the voice. And I love this. Paul says this, now compelled by the Spirit. I love this. Paul not just heard the Spirit, but he's like, I, I need to follow the Spirit of God. I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. Verse 24, if you have your Bibles, highlight this, underline it, star it, circle it. This is powerful. I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. That's our heart, church. Paul says, I've been compelled by the Spirit. God's calling me to do something. I don't know if on the other side of this, I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to die. I'm going to lose everything. But I have to. I have to complete what God's calling me to. I am so passionate, church, about this message because this church exists because of the voice of God. That back in 2017, when we heard that word in prayer to start a church for the Washington, D.C. area, starting here in Bethesda. And it wasn't just up, us who stepped out. Many of you in this room, I see you here this morning. I'm grateful to God for you. You stepped out on faith. You said, I believe this is God too. And can I tell you, as I look around this room, both services, as I see the 880 people who've given their life to Jesus Christ because of this church, I can confidently stand before you today and tell you we heard from God. This has been a move of God. This is like no man or woman could do what God's doing through this church. And I want so badly as your pastor for you to know that voice, the voice of the shepherd still small voice that you like Paul would say my, my aim is to hear from heaven and walk in obedience church can you bow your heads with me